Hey, this is Joe Finer, agribusiness leader and consultant. If you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they'd run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. It is time now to adapt in our fast-moving world. And today, listeners, I have a guest with me. Her name is Joe Finer, and she is an experienced and well-known agribusiness leader. Uh, her experience spans operations, food safety, uh, regulatory, stakeholder management, and primarily with uh, an organisation called Fonterra. She is passionate about the role that New Zealand can play in producing quality nutrition for the world and has represented New Zealand at a number of international forums and on councils. She runs her own consulting business that is currently working with leading farming and nutrition companies to create a um, new and innovative product, uh, product solutions. I also understand that Joe uh, has also spoken at the United Nations. So Joe, hey, welcome to the show today. Hi, Dennis. Yeah, great to be with you today. Great, thank you. Hey, Joe, I'm, I've done a brief introduction of you uh, to our listeners. Can you uh, just give us a little bit more about your background? And in particular, love to hear more about that, the United Nations and where you spoke there as well. Yeah, that was a fantastic opportunity. Um, yes, I've had like a 30-year um, career in the in the primary sector and across agribusiness. Started off in, in quite kind of strategic, um, technical-type roles, kind of leading the development of, of technical functions. And, and as I probably grew through my leadership journey, discovered that I really enjoyed just the, the people interaction piece, the, the people, whether that was um, developing uh, my own team through coaching and mentoring, or whether that was actually building trust relationships with others. And so over time of my career, I moved um, from those kind of technical and strategy type roles, um, increasingly into to stakeholder management, going out and um, building um, essentially the external relationships on, on behalf of the, the organisation I was at um, with at the time. Gave me some fantastic opportunities. I sat on an international board, food safety board, vice president of that um, which was great to interact with a lot of um, US and, and, and Europe food safety leaders. And more recently, yeah, as, as um, you indicated, I was invited to uh, join the, the Minister for Women, Minister Genta and the Human Rights Commissioner to head up to New York to the United Nations. And we spoke 
at the UN's Commission on the Status of Women, which is the UN's largest gathering on gender equality. And we talked about the economic empowerment of women in agriculture in New Zealand. And so I could share um, what New Zealand has done over the last, gosh, 10, 20 years in particular, where we've quite specifically gone out and um, helped to empower women to be equal business leaders um, in the primary sector. Whereas formerly, you know, they were um, often viewed as just the farmer's wife. And we could actually talk about what we've done in New Zealand to, um, and, and, you know, um, what various parts of the sector had done to really empower them. The banking sector had taken a really um, lead role there, actually, in understanding that a lot of the financial decision-making that occurs on farm is often um, undertaken by women and had really, um, you know, played that, in, played that up and given them um, a lot of opportunity. So, yeah, that was an amazing opportunity to be there. Yeah, amazing for you to be there, but also for you to share your wisdom and your experience and that. And, you know, I, I love it what you share in the sense that, you know, rather than just being known as the farmer's wife, you're actually out there in business with large organisations having a role to play, which is very important in helping organisations go forward. And so so well done in doing that and, and for that recognition of actually being asked to to speak there as well. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I think um, probably a little piece around my leadership style kind of um, was reflected in how I prepared for that as well. As I okay. said, you know, I really do like to feel I can um, connect in with people and, and you know, um, reflect the views of others. So in preparing to go up to the UN, I interviewed probably, um, gosh, 10 or so women leaders across the rural sector and brought all their, their thoughts together and some uh, men as well so that I could really be reflective of New Zealand's view, New Zealand's industry view on that, that economic empowerment of, of, of women. But my style there, I guess, is to go out, to ask the questions, to listen and to really kind of connect with people and not just, uh, you know, come off my own bat. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so go out there and hear everyone's voice and then go out there and share that voice, uh, collective voice with others as well. That's great. And so you talked about connecting with people and engaging with your teams in the past and that. And so tell us a little bit more about, you know, I think, well, here's a question for you. You know, what do are, what are people want in leadership? What are they looking for uh, from leaders today? Look, I think every individual is looking for something different, and that's probably something that I've learnt um, over the years, that the need to be um, adaptive in that leadership style, understanding whether, I recall at one point, um, two, um, two men I had working for me, one needed a five-minute catch-up virtually every day, um, albeit just a five-minute text, just needed that constant connection and, and understanding and um, to, to support, to knew, know that I was there, interested, happy to, you know, break down any roadblocks that, that he discovered. Another, every six weeks, a two-hour coffee, that's all the contact he wanted. And as long as I could empower him to go away and work autonomously for six weeks and then sit down and chew the fat six weeks later, then he worked, he loved operating that way. So just um, being able to understand where people are coming from is one thing. I guess the other one is um, is really about kind of empowerment. That's uh, that, that would be my view is that everybody wants to feel really empowered that they can do their best at work every day, um, that they can really kind of shine based on their strengths and capabilities. So giving them that 
chance to to be empowered, be empowered to make a difference, you know, for millennials, being empowered to make impact. <laughs> yep. It really, really seems to be the thing. So, yeah, those would probably be my two kind of key words is being adaptive to an individual style, but also um, empowering. Yep, cool. So adaptive, uh, being adaptive to individual styles because everyone is different and everyone does need different things from from us as leaders. And so that's important to actually A, understand that and B, put that in place. And then the other one is about the empowering side. I, I like that. I think that, you know, if we can empower people, as you say, though, being everyone is different. So the person only needed the five-minute chat, but that was empowering them to get on with things and someone else needed the two-hour side of things to and, and a good chat every six weeks and empowering them as well, whatever it is. If you can empower people, let them get out there and do what they need to do, it's amazing what they can achieve. So that'd be quite interesting to see for sure. Hey, Joe, the question I've got for you now is uh, who's your favorite leader? Now, this person could be alive or it can come from history. So who's your favorite leader and why? <laughs> uh, I do have a favorite leader. A woman named Erin um, Brockovich. They made a movie about her, um, gosh, some years ago, maybe the um, early 2000s. And I, what I love about her leadership style was like the real passion that she had for um, her cause. It was a real kind of bottom-up leadership. She was an American legal clerk um, who came across an issue in her community, um, which was around some water contamination, which was leading to um, a, an increase in cancer rates in, in, in their society. And so she fought hard um, as a consumer advocate, as an environmental activist. She wasn't um, professionally trained as a lawyer, but she quickly bought on those skills that she needed to be able to really kind of lead her community and take on a pretty big case against a pretty big um, American company to fight for what she believed in. And I think that, that the passion and the tenacity and I guess the the, the fight that is the, is the piece about her that, um, you know, really kind of uh, stands out and for me, if I can be a leader who really believe, who really you know is passionate about what I believe in, and that comes through, and I can go out and you know take on the skills, learn, be curious, to get the outcome that I kind of set before me, then uh, you know love to be love to be like her, Erin Brockovich. If you've not watched the movie, Julia Roberts plays her. It's worth a watch. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, and uh, and the passion side of things, I think you're right. I mean, if you have a leader who has that passion and that fight, that's contagious. That's something whereby you really want to be around that leader, and uh, that sort of attracts people to go and work with that person for sure. So that that's great, and that's a great example of of her. Um, yeah, check out the film, uh, listeners. Um, so yeah, I'm here with Joe Finer right now, and we're talking about leadership is changing. So, Joe, the I, I used the, the name of the show was called Leadership is Changing, and when I say that term, what does that mean for you? Flexibility. Changing means being flexible, and I guess you know I've um, gosh watched a fair bit of change in the, in my um, 30 year career in the primary sector. You know, I, I was referring before to talking about empowering um, women in, in agribusiness. Um, certainly the role of women 30 years ago when I started in the manufacturing part of, of the food sector was somewhat challenging and, you know, it was, uh, it had to be fairly, um, yeah. fairly tough and, yeah, had to uh, bear a little bit of uh, 
I guess, attitudes and approaches that these days are just no longer acceptable. And it's great to see that that has changed, but it's what it's called, what it's meant is for me, I've had to be flexible and move from that particular style that I had to um, employ at that time to, to what is now probably a very different style where, you know, 30 years on, there's, uh, you know, gen- a couple of generations of, you know, coming through behind um, who want mm-hmm. different things um, out of the workplace. Um, I think we've we've learnt as managers, as leaders, and as and employees that we need more um, balance in our life. And so, learning how to uh, manage that kind of, you know, work um, life balance and, and adapting to that, and then yeah, just being flexible. I think also to the changing consumer needs, particularly around um, the you know issues of of sustainability, issues of health and safety and for us in the primary sector. Things like you know animal welfare, fresh water carbon emissions that they've all had a huge impact on the way that we lead and and what's important so being flexible to just um, listen and to understand where you know what's moving around you and how you need to um, adapt to to those changes yeah and sounds like it's not just with your team it's being flexible in all areas of business and in life so it sounds like you know even with your consumers your customers your stakeholders uh, people out there but even home life i mean if you can be flexible around that space too that's going to be really important and i like what you say that change means having more flexibility so being flexible is the key word there for sure so along those lines then how has your business or industry changed and what does that mean for you? Yeah, I guess I, I touched on um, this aspect of sustainability just before and there's been a massive shift um, here in New Zealand but globally as well in the last you know, 5, 10, 15 years towards sustainable farming um, and, and the, the um, I guess, pressure from consumer and from society as a whole and uh, the, the known need to lower our carbon footprint, the known need to drive improvement in water quality in the primary sector, prioritising the welfare of our animals and, and, you know, putting better work conditions in place um, for on-farm staff in particular. And so that's required a, a huge amount of um, change in the leadership styles that I think the primary sector and agribusiness leaders have had to display. And in particular, I think there's been a big shift towards values-based leadership. People have had to be a lot more kind of authentic. They've had to really understand the causes that are important to our society um, and then lead the change in a way that we can still have a, I guess, a productive sector, but in a way that prioritises the broader need of of, um, society. I mean, a a good example, how do we generate kind of more value using the same resources, but with less waste? It's really the the mandate that has been given to us and that requires a different leadership style than was out there um, years ago. So yeah, that's something that's really specific to the to the sector that I'm in. Yeah, yeah. And the authentic side of things around values-based leadership that you've talked about. So understanding what's really important to society, because I think a lot of leaders, you know, they do listen, but then they don't listen. And so what has been one of your success factors that's helped you understand what the community needs or what your team needs? What what have you done to help sort of help you help them, if I can put it that way, and as a leader? What, what have you done? 
Yeah, like I said up front, that I really enjoy engaging with people, and um, I, you know, I, I reference going up to the UN and going out and, and asking the views of others, and I really, I guess that's that is what I take on, is uh, as a leader, I am ref- I need to be reflective of needs of consumers, needs of society, needs of employees, uh, needs of government, and so going out and asking those questions and finding out what's important to people um, is probably the way that that's really helped me kind of move more into that values-based leadership um, and yeah. just really understand. I mean, Ewe is a great example where I've, um, you know, learnt over time that um, all we have a, a different view um, on a particular uh, aspect or, or need and the importance of going out and engaging and asking questions and listening and, and taking on board um, is really important rather than making any assumptions um, at all. And I think as a result, I can have become kind of more authentic because I can, you know, be myself, listen, make my own, I guess, you know, outcomes, decisions or judgment calls based on gathering a lot of information and views of people. Yeah, so listeners, making sure you don't go out there and have assumptions on certain things. Go out and listen to what people are saying. Ask questions. Be curious, as uh, Joe has used that word before, about being curious about things and understanding, but then also adapt to what they are saying and then being reflective on that for sure. So, Joe, you know, there is a lot of things happening in the world today and there's a lot of change. So if there was one thing you could change in business as a leader today, what, what would that one thing be? Uh, I think that would be balance, Dennis. Oh, I think balance. that we would get more balance in the way that uh, we manage um, our business life with our personal life. Look, maybe COVID-19 will uh, will help achieve that for us. I think, you know, um, working from home for a lot of people uh, over these last three or four months has really given people a chance to kind of stop and get off the mouse wheel, slow down a bit, realise the stress that was associated with, with commuting, with not having sufficient time for family, for squeezing exercise out because they would, you know, be rushing from one place to another. And if we can learn to balance more, I think that, you know, we as a as a society and as business leaders will just be so much better for it. Yeah, because, you know, as I said, the introduction of the show is helping uh, people with their executive excellence and also personal well-being. And I think you're right. I mean, COVID-19 as a pandemic has, and going into lockdown in particular, has actually forced people to sort of uh, take time out to go and exercise. So um, get outside, walk. And I don't know about you, but I, we were out walking twice a day, you know, in the morning and the afternoon out there walking, but also seeing the community out there walking and saying hi to each other. And that was pretty good to see as well. And then the other one too is about the balance, right? So, I mean, I know for myself, if I have to go into the city and that going in and back is one and a half hours each way. So that's three hours a day. And so I'm doing things in three hours that I would have normally not been doing. Have you noticed that as well? Have you seen that happen for you and others as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's that exercise piece, just having the, uh, the, the, I think the time to eat well also, 
just to um, you know, just think about how we nourish our bodies because I think um, that's you know I, I come from a I come from a food technology background, so you know nutrition is really important um, for me. But I think it's um, so important for everybody um, in the way that we can be um, at our best. And I think you know taking that time out of the the, the commute and the rush and, and balancing that exercise, that good nutrition, and, and sleep. You know, <laughs> sleep yeah. is a wonderful thing. Enables us yep. to all be at our best, and when we're at our best, we shine. We can be be the best leaders. We can uh, be the most supportive uh, um, of others, and you know, um, I guess really show that yeah, patience and and uh, understanding. Yeah, what you talked about before about taking the rush out, and that is that is key. That if we can take the rush out, slow things down a bit, that'd be great. And I think what you're saying about the food and the nutrition side, yeah, get that, and that's that's really important. But I think it's also actually taking the time to sit and eat, whether it be with the family or whether it would be you know, whoever you're with or yourself, whatever. But taking time out to eat in a way, rather than and taking the rush out and getting that rid of that, that's going to be really important. Rather than just the nutrition, because it has to be a combination Correct. of all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. I, I know that today a lot of employees have certain expectations, but from your perspective, you know, you, you talk about that over your 30 years and working, things like that. Have you seen employees' expectations change? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm also influenced um, in, in saying that by having three three children in their um, early 20s uh -huh. who are all, yeah. um, you know, just uh, recently reached the, the workforce or, or one still to get there. And, and um, what I see their expectations as millennials and um, at Gen Z as they, as they come through what they want, they, they increasingly want to make an impact. They increasingly want to do something that matters. They want to make a difference. They want to achieve and they're impatient um, in doing that and mm. uh, but that's exciting to me that's not you know something that we should uh, chastise them for it's, a, it's an opportunity that we have a generation there that they're so um, passionate about wanting to to really get in roll their sleeves up as I said make impact make a difference so hey we have to to let them do that so you know there again being that flexible adaptive leader that understands what the individual needs and then empowering them to do that and listening uh listening to them to their needs and giving them the best opportunity to just you know really make that difference and impact that they want to go for gold yeah. that's what i say go for gold <laughs> nice go for gold yeah and embrace that if that passion they've got and you know yeah they can be impatient but if you can embrace that passion and help them that'd be great if, if they don't see or if they don't get that uh that feeling of being listened and having a leader that's going to help move them move forward what do they tend to do what, what are they looking for i think they just look for what's next they just kind of just lose interest and say if, if i can't make a difference here oh i'm going to move on and do something that that is you know um this this uh, employer is not so important to me i'm not so committed to this one particular organization that i need to stay I, i'll go and find somewhere else and if they're a great employee you want to keep them and if they're an average employee you want to make them a great employee so uh, i think as leaders it's our job to really be giving them that opportunity to, to be great um, and to really shine 
Yeah, I think they're looking for inspirational leaders, but they also want to be inspired themselves, and uh, we want them to to do that too. So it's not only just attracting that talent, but also it's retaining the talent, which is going to be really, really important for us going forward. And and if we don't, they'll, they, as you say, they'll probably vote with their feet. They'll move forward and they'll go and find somewhere else where they can fit into that kind and get what they need to make that impact because that's really important for them. Hey, Joe, what makes a leader successful today in this fast-paced, ever-changing world? So I 100% believe that success comes through making others successful. So to be a successful leader, you've got to allow others to be successful. So empower them, whether that's employees, whether that's peers, um, or whether that's managing up and making um, your own CEO, board, or executive team successful. If you can make others successful, all those around you, then that success ultimately comes back to you as an individual. Okay, cool. So, team, listeners, if you can go out and make others successful and help them become successful, then in turn you will be successful as an individual, as a leader, especially in this fast-paced, ever-changing world. And... Joe, if I was to ask you to to get out your crystal ball, here's a real interesting question for you. So get out that crystal ball and start thinking about the future because a lot of leaders, we need to have that vision side of things. And so if you start thinking about leadership in the next five years, where where do you see it going? Um, Look, I think values-based leadership will continue to um, grow in importance and and, um, the the need for us to uh, base our decisions base our leadership style on really kind of grounded values is is, is really important. Um, And the other one is I think we'll move increasingly towards a a coaching style of leadership um, where, you know, as I've talked about a lot already, a leader is helping to support and develop people, to bring others through, to coach them, to empower them, to give people that opportunity. So, yeah, values-based leadership, coaching style leadership. And then the third one is really just um, is passion, just showing that passion, you know, going back to the uh, leader I admire, Erin Brockovich, it was passion that she really that she really showed. So put those three things together is where I see it going in five years. Values-based, coaching style, and um, passionate leadership. Yeah, great. And, you know, no one wants to work for a knuckle-dragger, if I can call it that way, of another person who's not passionate, whose the shoulders are dropped and they just don't want to be there. No one wants to work for that person. They want to work for someone who's value-based, who's got, got a coaching style and has got lots of passion. And if you can find a leader like that, Hang on to that leader because that leader is going to really take you and that organization forward a lot. Joe, hey, thank you for joining us on the show today. If our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, where, where should they go? They'll find me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, uh, Joe Finer, um, easy to find. Easy to find. Awesome. Joe, hey, thank you very much for being on the show today. Uh, real pleasure having you here with us and with the listeners. Uh, What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and unfamiliar territory. It is time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Hey, look out for the episodes as they are being released. Uh, Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating, and feel free to share them with your network. If there's any feedback you'd like to give me on the show or any questions you'd like me to ask my guests, or if you want to ask me a question for the Ask Dennis episode, feel free to send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning in today. 
And uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.